Hello and welcome on this week's episode. A super realistic humanoid robot steals the show at CES. And why do we keep making them look like us? Run! Run! <laughs> also, we had the Golden Globe winners for 2021 were recently announced. If you didn't know, you're not alone. I didn't either. <laughs> Razer advertises an N95 mask that fails its certification despite being like 150 bucks. And the world finds out in a very weird way. Don't Look Up is currently the most popular movie on Netflix, and I just can't bring myself to watch this stuff. Yeah, it's good, though. And I know Very it's sad, good, though. but I just can't. I just can't. But what I can bring myself to watch is the brand new series on Disney Plus. We're up to episode three, Book of Boba Fett. Ah! It's another nostalgia bomb, and I know some people are tired of it, but I'm not. So give ah! me more. We'll talk about it this week on... Tales to See, so so now you added the the repeating, the echo, so I have to take that effect off, but I have to leave the reverb. You just make my life harder. Ah, <laughs> uh, how are you, sir? Hey, man. It's good to get back in the swing of things with you, bro. Happy New I Year. I know, the holidays. Happy New Year. The holidays have been crazy. I feel so out of practice. That intro is going to sound so disjointed. I'm just going to turn the intro music way up so nobody can hear me. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> they love that voice. Hello oh and hello God. and welcome. Hello I know, and right? welcome. Like I have a thing. It's weird. <laughs> Why do I do that? Why do we do anything? Why does anything mean anything? No, don't go down that route. It was awesome. No, I know, I know. No, no, we're not getting existential. No, I, I was crazy busy helping my mom move. And she, you know, I had to be out of town to go do that. And she's a little bit older and she's yeah. got a bunch of stuff. And so that took like a whole week to go do. So that's pretty wild. But she's all settled into her new place. And mm. I've also returned to the office. So I'm I'm back working a regular sort of, nine to five schedule, which is, you know, taking up a lot of my time, but it's nice to have a consistent project. I'll get more into it as we get closer to the spring and whatnot. But for right now, I'm, I'm fucking busy. How are you doing? Oh, it's cool. I mean, uh, I'm doing all right. Um, I'm glad you were able to help your mom. Um, thank you. Yeah, I, I just been doing some, uh, artwork and animation and and uh, some of my new students have been coming to my class. Some of them are starting to recognize me from the voice things I'm voicing. <laughs> One of my students was just like, I saw you. I Googled you online. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, these are kids taking anime drawing classes, so I expect they act a little goddamn Yeah, weird. they're great. I love my <laughs> students. <laughs> of course. Of course. <laughs> That was us, man. We were the weirdos. Oh, heck yeah. We were the weirdos heck we were yeah. kids. Loving all this, you know, weird right. stuff. Even back, that we even talk back about then, it, though, it's like it was super, super obscure and nerdy, though. You know, it's not like how it was today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, like, I was back, back in 95. I was the only kid going in there looking for a Gunsmith Cats uh, uh, manga that was put out by. Uh, <laughs> which, which company was that put out by? It was through. Uh, was it Oni? No. I can't believe I forgot. Mm, I'm not sure. Oh, my God. I, I got to look that up at some point. 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, th- those were the days, man. For sure, for sure. Well, that that's the past, but we're we're living in the future now. And we recently had CES come and give us a glimpse of some of the technology that's coming. And the thing that absolutely everyone is talking about. Before we get to that, I wanted to talk about two of the other things that were are like honorable mentions. So th- they have this car that just changed color on a whim. Oh, yeah, the color-changing car. I saw that. Yep, yep, And they're using the technology from, like, the Kindle book. (laughs) (laughs) The whole car is a Kindle. Yeah. (laughs) I I really feel like they're going to hack these. What a weird time to be alive. They're really going to hack these. Of course, color-changing. Yep. Oh, they're they're really going to hack these cars and, like, just put any sort of image on there now. (laughs) Well, what's going to be horrendous is when tractor trailers become billboards on all four sides and just that's going to be the worst. Oh my God. Cause it's coming. It's coming for you. Yeah. So the the other thing uh, that they had uh, of note was uh, these uh, headphoneless headphones. (laughs) Are these like the sunglasses that, that transmitted through uh, contact with your temples? Well, I don't know. Those those are very still very close to headphones. Like so, on this you don't wear anything. So there's a there's a technology that sits in the room with you, that has infrared technology that shoots the sound towards your ears. <laughs> oh, I know. I I understand conceptually how that's working, and that's fucking weird. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? I mean, yeah. Of of course, it makes perfect sense. In principle, but like the fact that it works that well, that people around you don't get like, you know, scattershot with what you're listening to. I mean, we're living in the future. It's freaking nuts. Pretty crazy. And now on to your big news about the, the show. Yeah. So the thing that everybody got super amped about was this new uh, Android called Amica, which is funny. It sounds remarkably close to Amico, but that's neither here nor there. Mm -hmm. And it's made by a company in the UK called Engineering Arts. And a lot of people are saying that the the combination of expressiveness in the Android uh, and it's it's formative AI, it's a very good AI, is pretty stark and pretty frightening. Like yeah. in, in, in what they've managed to achieve. It's one more step to our robot overlords. Oh yeah. I've been following this stuff for the last few years and this, this, this robot is horrifying, you know, <laughs> just, the, the way, just the way it looks at you because it's, it's, it's leaving the uncanny Valley stage, you know, because there's that right, one, right. there's that one AI that they've had out for the past four or five years named Sophia you know, mm-hmm. um, you could have conversations with it, but you know, it still very much was like like a like a a janky mannequin. Right, right. The the seam show. Not speaking ill will about its actual intelligence, because the intelligence on Sophia and uh, GTP three are insane. But mixing that technology with this Amica thing, we're really gonna, you know, Sophia's already a a citizen of Saudi Arabia. <laughs> You know, so like it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> so you can imagine what's going to happen with these Amica robots once they actually start blending all these AIs and the tech, uh, the technology. Now, you were saying something about it being human and it bothering you. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, this is the thing that I don't understand. Like, why do we always make them look like people? Yeah. I, I understand that a big part 
I think the concept is this. Any machine that as it gets better and gets smarter is going to have to communicate. The interface between the machine and the human being gets blurred the more sophisticated the machine gets. Mm -hmm. And so we start off with computers that you literally needed to feed punch cards into. And now we're getting to the point of where like, a computer can tell that my face is sad and it makes a sad face back in return. Yeah. And, and I just don't understand why the height of technology is always to make a person. Like we could make these things literally look like anything we could imagine. And we always just pick us. That's a weird idea to me. I think the short answer is we're, we're not that imaginative and we're also vain. <laughs> <laughs> You know, because we do the same thing with aliens. We make aliens look like us. We make them our size. It's a boring like, narcissism. Yeah. Man. <laughs> you know. It's a very boring narcissism. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, I, I feel like I feel like if uh, I, I really love what uh, Nolan did in Interstellar because, you know, everyone goes the route. If it's a future, you, you'll have something that looks like a human. That's the android. Instead, Nolan right, right. goes for a super uh, practical um, robot that could ha handle so many multiple uses. He went this like the crazy scientific route, <laughs> but yeah, but, yeah, yeah, that's the machine you should build. But because of that, though, the robot didn't didn't look interesting, and you don't remember it. <laughs> I, I remember the robot. I'm just saying, like he's not on the list of the best robots. No, in you're cinema. you're 100 percent right. You're 100 percent right. I mean, you know, uh, uh, Bishop from Alien is infinitely more interesting. Yeah, because he looks like us. Yeah, so that's that's the thing. It's, it's super super vain, you know. Like that's that's what we base uh, the the utmost high. Um, uh, respect for the technology. Wow, it looks and it looks and sounds like us. I don't know. It's just creepy to me, and it just feel. I just feel like it doesn't end well. I just don't understand. It, of course, it why doesn't end well. Like when I mean, you're it, making the antithesis of something, that you make it look like the other. It's like the joke I made earlier with you when we were talking. I was like, "Why do vegetarians always make fake meat?" It's like you made a choice. You are a thing. Like let it go. Be the thing. Like why take your vegetables? turn them into a thing that looks like bacon because you have sworn off bacon. Like, just eat your damn vegetables. Like, why are we taking our <laughs> robots and taking so much processing power to, to replicate uh, tiniest of facial movements and expressions and tics when we could be using that to just let it be a fucking robot. I really don't, I don't want a future where I don't know the difference between robots and people. I just, well, we're so close already. So here's, here's the thing, you know, first of all, I wouldn't want to say that vegans aren't a monolith. I'm sure there's some that like really like, the, <laughs> <laughs> they really like the taste of meat. I know. But it's just funny that, but... that everything is like, you know, the impossible burger and now impossible chicken nuggets and <laughs> unbelievable chicken sandwiches. And you're never going <laughs> to guess that it's fucking tofu McRib. <laughs> just eat the fucking tofu's delicious. Just fucking eat it. I'm not a vegetarian and I enjoy miso soup. I don't need you to like make my little bits of miso look like hamburger. I, just don't, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't, it's the same thing for me. <laughs> I don't know why I'm dying on this hill. I don't. I don't understand. Oh, this <laughs> is just a, a, a meat eaters problem. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, and you know, 
it's it's funny it's all ego i guess when it comes down to why we keep making these things like us we have this need to celebrate ourselves yeah. and to hold ourselves up and sometimes we we do that and nobody even knows i mean talk about the golden globes wait, wait, that's wait. a celebration ain't no oh what but, you got? Before we go into that, <laughs> I just want to. Oh, such a good transition, you son of a I bitch. I know, but I keep trying to find my way to talk about All stuff. Right. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I cut you off. I say, this is gonna be this is gonna be a very special episode with Arthur. <laughs> no, I'm the worst. I talk over you. I love you, man. Go ahead. No, I was just saying, like to like to speak on the other side of you know what what good well-natured scientists try to do and never really think about all the other heinous implications mm-hmm. is that there's a lot of practical use for why the person might look like they're human because you know, of course they're going to be these things are going to be starting to take over uh, jobs you know so like yeah. you know if you're at a convalescent home and stuff you know, you're not going to want to look at T T one thousand eight, whatever, whatever, whatever. Those sort of, sort no, of. no, no. But to me, that is so profoundly fucking sad. I don't, I don't fucking like that future. I would rather look at T one thousand eight and whatever the fuck because, like, <laughs> don't, don't try to make me empathize with a fucking machine. It's a fucking machine and i don't want to have feelings for it well, eventually you know except for wally except for <laughs> wally we feel all the things when we look Bias. at wally Goddamn that little bastard oh he's incredible. i mean eventually, so eventually it's going to get to a point though where like i mean they are going to have citizenship and like their own lives and stuff that's that- fine but then you know what at that point at that point give me fucking wally give me johnny five give me those little robots that express in their own ways what i'm not gonna do what i'm not gonna do is let you manipulate my fucking uh subconscious emotional responses by making the machine look fucking human it's manipulative and i don't fucking like it yeah, I feel very strongly about that. No, I it's hear a you. I mean, I'm, machine. I'm scared because of all of the, of course, like negative potentialities. Sure, you know, like hacking and all sorts of stuff. And then when when exponential learning happens, like you know, eventually we're not going to be able to fight AI. <laughs> like, you of just, course not. You know, of course we can't. Of course we can't. But like. That won't be the beginning. Like everyone thinks you go straight to Terminator. It's like, no, the first step will be some 11 year old hacking into your fucking domestic robot and calling you the N word. Like that's the, <laughs> that's the first step. <laughs> you know, like, God damn it. You know, Portland 363. You son of a bitch. And he's like, ha, 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 and then your and then your freaking firewall finally kicks in and boots him out, but like not before he got <laughs> to call you the N word. <laughs> the internet is fucking terrible. Yeah. God, I hate it. God, I hate it so much. But okay, so our, so I think that I think we've said our piece, man. I feel really strongly about it. Strange, I got I got strangely freaking uh, like animated on that. Well, yeah, I mean it's, it's serious. It's coming. I just don't like it. It feels manipulative. Don't try to use my subconscious reaction to human beings to make me feel the same way about your robot that you built that has an objective that is not my well-being. I'm sorry. I know it's not. Sorry. It just isn't. Facebook isn't designed for my well-being. Instagram isn't. 
Windows isn't designed for your well-being. None of this stuff is, it's designed to get you to do the thing that makes the money. And that's fine because anybody who's got all the money to spend to build a robot like that needs to make money. That's great. But don't conflate that with humanity. I'm good there, man. I really am. Mm-hmm. You know, just just get like Ryan Reynolds to hold your product and say, buy it. And I'm like, God, he's gorgeous and so charismatic. <laughs> I will buy that product. He's a human being. I can relate to him. You're like, God damn, you're charming, you know? Um, but but don't take a robot and do that. That feels weird. Anyway, let's talk about the Golden Globes, man, because I didn't even know they <laughs> happened. Yeah, they, they made a decision not to have them. You know, they they, yeah, well. they announced the winners, but... I mean, to me, it makes sense. It's, you know, it's, it's a great the, choice. And, it's we're a in the throes decision. of COVID, and yep. Jesus Christ, like at the Golden Globes, they sit so close to each other. <laughs> no, no, no. We should very much be in a have to do kind of time, not a want to do. It's nice to have award ceremonies and to celebrate actors and their achievements. These people are great at what they do, but it, at the moment, it's just not reasonable to hold the event. And I oh, think yeah. the right choice was made. Oh, so definitely. They applaud them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but uh, you know, let's take a look at the winners. Oh yeah, well, I was I was uh, not familiar with the best picture winner uh, mm-hmm. immediately. Which one was that? That was uh, oh, Power of the Dog. Yeah, Power of the Dog. I haven't seen that one yet. I haven't seen Power of the Dog, Coda, or Belfast yet, or or King Richard. Yeah, well, um, yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't familiar with any of the winners. You know, you had Power of the Dog winning uh, Best Picture, beating out King Richard and Dune, neither of which have I seen yet, but I have meant to. I've heard fantastic things about Dune. Of course, it's dense. It's Dune, but overall, people seem pretty happy with it. Yeah, Succession won Best TV Series Drama. They beat out yeah, Squid Game, Pose, The Morning Show, and Lupin. I mean, maybe Squid Game should have won, I think, just for pure uh, cultural value. I don't think that Secession became quite the uh, the the cultural event that uh, Squid Game became, but maybe it's the better I mean, overall product. Squid, Squid Game, there's a lot fairly, there's a lot of, you know, melodrama in Squid Game. It's it's not oh, like sure, it sure. was just the best drama. It was, it was, it was like great and it was a great concept and, and, you know, it's visual design like completely took mm-hmm. over, you know, with the true, PlayStation true. masks and everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, West Side Story, of course, won uh, best musical or comedy, which I always think is funny. They put them together, but beating out uh, Don't Look Up, which we will talk about later. And then Tick, Tick, Boom, which Andrew Garfield owns that thing. And he won best supporting actor like in a landslide that had to be for Tick, Tick, Boom. Mm-hmm. I have um, seen clips Wait, and best I, supporting I want to watch the whole thing. I think got best supporting because best actor was Will Smith for uh, King Richard. No, that's the drama, and, and then best actor was oh, for. Oh, oh or, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, sorry. Yes, you're absolutely right. You're right. For best actor in a musical or comedy. Yeah. No, no, I got that wrong. You're right. Yeah. Right. Supporting actor was uh, musical comedy was Cody Smith McPhee for Power of the Dog. Nightcrawler. What? Nightcrawler from the X Men. Cody Smith McPhee. Say that. He was great too. Fast. He was great as Nightcrawler. Oh, yeah, he was. Alan Cumming, you know, was the OG Nightcrawler. Oh. He was fantastic, too. Well, but that made X-Men 2 maybe... I think X-Men 2 might be the best X-Men movie ever made. Yeah, And Alan Cummings was amazing in that. 
It's pretty good. But yeah. I like I like Days of Future Past though. Days of Future Past is pretty dope. Uh -huh. Days of Future Past is my number two, I think. But yeah. we're not talking about the X Men. God love it. We talked about that <laughs> all day. We're talking about wrapping up the Golden Globes. Uh, so Nicole, the Golden Globes we got happen. Nicole Kidman uh, yep. taking it for being being Lucy, and I bet I bet Deborah Messing's super pissed. <laughs> <laughs> Because like she she was kind of like upset that she didn't get it because she looks a lot like uh, Lucy, Lucille. That's true. And uh, sh she was campaigning super hard to get that role. So p poor Deborah Missing. And of course, Uncanto wins animated feature. Oh man, that just that just was a foregone conclusion. Well, it just hit Disney Plus uh, along with Eternals, so I'm gonna I'll catch it. I'm definitely gonna catch it. Yeah. What else we got here? Best miniseries for, uh, you know, the Underground Railroad. I mean, that thing was, that's awards bait all day long, but was what I heard very critically acclaimed. Hans Zimmer, he won for Dune. That that score kind of got on my nerves. Hans Zimmer knows what he's doing. And then, uh, of course, Ted Lasso uh, himself, Jason uh, Sudeikis, uh, got it, you know, best actor for hey, a comedy that's, series. That's, that show is the show that keeps on winning. Yo, I think at the end of the day, like, if Apple TV Plus, I don't even know what the fuck it's called, but whatever that service is, he is the reason people are on there. Oh, yeah. That show, I have heard more people talk about signing up for that service because of Ted Lasso than any other thing they've mm -hmm. ever made. Mm -hmm. So good for them. Oh, yeah. So you got Gene Smart uh, c coming in as the best actress of a comedy musical for Hacks. I still haven't watched it yet, but I want to watch it because HBO just makes some good shit, you know? And I think maybe the last one before we wrap up our Golden Globe coverage is... Uh, Oh Yang Su, which is the old man from Squid Games, won Best Supporting Actor in, in a comedy or drama series. He was fantastic, and he was amazing. He was amazing. But I don't want to like, wrap. I don't want to wrap this up. We haven't talked about Kate Winslet or Michael Keaton. <sighs> We're at thirty. All right, talk about it. We're at thirty minutes, man. We got a lot to talk about. No, and again, the point of the whole bit is nobody cares about the Golden Globes. <laughs> Nobody fucking, I do not fucking care. This is a courtesy that I am paying our listeners now because it happened and we should talk about it. But well, I We didn't talk about Jeremy Strong winning for succession, though. Oh, okay. Well, well, what are your deep feelings on this? Do you feel that no, just kidding. this is the sort of award that could propel her career forward into more meaningful and fulfilling projects? Move on, bastard. No, you know, occasionally, every now and again, I got to shoot one dead. And I'm just shooting it dead right now. I don't think anyone listening, any of our 30 or 40 listeners, and God love you guys, thank you, care about the Golden Globes. I don't think they do. I think they would much rather hear about things that warrant some attention. And apparently those things are big-ass chesticles. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> All right. Um, the the ladies with the very well endowed mammary glands tend to garner some attention. That's right. And they certainly do. And the interesting thing is the circles in which having uh tickled biddies as they were will help you in your career like okay look it I love is how no... you're dodging all these minds you know 
Well, I'm trying to find fun and creative ways to say press that that there are some entertainment outlets that value a large pair of breasts. Mm -hmm. And this week I discovered uh, an extremely large surgically augmented pair of breasts from China mm -hmm. that, um, that report on tech news. And <laughs> that's an incredibly horrible and objectifying way to refer to this woman. And her name is Naomi Wu. But mm -hmm. I do it for a reason. Please don't cancel me. It's This is satirical. <laughs> and I'm going to just take a moment and break the fourth wall and explain why I'm being satirical about it. Because this is an important story. We're in the middle of pandemic and people are acquiring products to protect themselves that they believe in. And recently, the computer accessory and manufacturing company, Razer, released an illuminated mask which it claimed met N95 protocol. There were all sections on its website that showed how effective it was. And the science seems to indicate that the higher the filtration rating of your mask, the more effective it's going to be in fighting the COVID outbreak, which seems to make perfect sense, right? And so people are buying this mask in good faith, believing that they are buying an N95 rated product, when in fact... It's not at all N95 rated and doesn't provide anywhere near that level of protection. And so this is a very clear-cut case of just faulty product manufacturing and false mm -hmm. claims in advertising. Should be open and shut. You know, if 3M made a mask and, and it didn't meet certification and, and OSHA found out, they would just be told to stop. But the thing that made this newsworthy is that this was broken by a young lady named Naomi Wu, and she has a very, very popular, in fact, the number one tech review channel uh, in China. Awesome. So she does teardowns on computers and on mobile accessories. She gives amazingly concise explanation and analysis of very complex technical fields. She also does this while her breasts hang out of her outfits or are very, very conspicuously displayed. <laughs> and I just... Like part of me, like my heart broke a little bit when I clicked on the link because I read the story. I'm like, oh, Razor's in trouble. What'd they do now? This We're going to talk about this on the show. You know, like this is my job to look at this stuff and go, oh, the Zephyr mask. Oh, by the way, don't buy the Zephyr mask. It's not N95 rated. So you read this article and I'm like, wow, this, this YouTuber broke this story. This rando person who just has a channel broke this story. Let's go check her out. And... She was wearing like a halter top with a child's pair of overalls on. And, and it was like, I watched her channel and I was amazed at how amazingly articulate and concise and perfectly viable every aspect of her brand is. But like, is this the only way to get anyone's attention? Is that being that good at what she does wasn't enough to get a million views that you literally need to hang your breasts out of their top. Like we are two steps away from the naked news on channel four. And I just, I hate what this says about society. I just, Tommy, I mean, don't you live uh, in reality? <laughs> I, know. I don't, Why I don't understand so this diatribe, but this, this has Why? been, this has been a standard thing forever. Like sex sells, like, but this felt you know? like a bridge too far. This just felt too far. Am I a prude? Am I, am I, why am I so existential about this? Like, this is like, you know, if you look on TikTok and YouTube, this is kind of a standard thing, you know? 
like, you know, gorgeous people delivering awesome news, <laughs> you know? No, and I get, like, look, you don't have all of the news anchors when you watch the network news or cable news or whatever it is, they're all conventionally attractive people, all your television hosts, everybody, everybody. Fox goes the furthest, you know, making sure oh they gosh. have yeah, yeah, hot, yeah. hot blondes. You know? Oh, yeah, no, the Stepford clones that they have rolled out for the last 10 years are downright yeah. comical. But, yeah, and I know that we get that as a society, and I totally get it. But, like, I, I saw this. I read this ad. I was in the living room uh, with my girlfriend, Rachel, and I showed her, and I was like, I swear to God, Rachel, I swear to God, we are, like, five years away from a porn star getting raw-dogged on screen while she holds up, like, an app. I really love the new Apple iPhone 15. And it's like, I swear <laughs> to God, that's coming where you're going to mix pornography and actual, like, completely unrelated content. You know, it's like, I, I'm, I, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for a porn star to look directly into the camera and be like, this anal scene <laughs> is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace, the number one website generating site for entrepreneurs. Okay, Tim, I'm ready. Like, we are just a few years from that. Yeah. Between the OnlyFans and... But I just was like, this this lady is so good at what she does. Yeah. And that is just not enough to cut through the noise. But she's also she's also good in, in, in marketing, knowing what, what she has to do, you know? I know. It's just so disheartening. Like, when I see online, they always do this on Reddit, where they'll do an experiment where you take a painting and you put it up and it gets, like, a thousand up. Dudes. And then you have a hot girl stand next to the painting, hold it and go, wow, just finished this painting. And it gets like 2 million fucking updutes. And mm -hmm. I just, I'm so tired of living in that environment where we, cause there's so much stuff out there. And look, we're two guys on a fucking podcast. Like we're generating the static as I complain about the fucking static. I get it. <laughs> There's so much stuff out there and it is so hard to cut through the noise. And it just personally is disappointing that this is the most effective way. And I know it's, it's, there's no part of me that's confused about if it's happening or why it's happening. It's just, it's just disappointing. And that's a big reason why when you said to me, oh, you got to go on Netflix and watch the movie Don't Look Up so we can talk about it on the podcast. And I said, oh, Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, this all looks good. I'll check it out. And I watched the, I watched the trailer and I noped right the fuck out of there. Yeah. Did it have anything to do with Meryl Streep's face? <laughs> you were laughing so hard at me earlier. Right, so I don't know why this is weird. Okay. I don't like Meryl Streep. Like Why I don't like do you her. Not like and one of the best actresses of our of our generations. <laughs> I don't like her face. What's wrong with her face? <laughs> her face seems so insincere to me. Like what? this is where I talk about nuance. I know, I know. One of the greatest actresses of our generation. And she and she just strangely looks always a little bit constipated to me. Like, I can't, I don't like her face. It feels like, okay, so look, we're going to confess everything. They're like, I am really awkward when people are taking my picture. 
I prefer if I'm going to have my picture taken that I don't know I'm going to have my picture taken because I never know what to do with my face. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm like, I'm smiling, but it's weird. Am I looking? Am I, I'm trying not to blink. Just take the, the, did I do a thing? And like, I'm so in my own fucking head when somebody points a camera at my face and says, smile that I, that I feel like I'm making a weird face. And then I look at the pictures and I'm like, oh, your face looks fine. But I feel like I'm making a weird face to me. Meryl Streep always looks the way I feel in that moment. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't know. She's got a weird face. It's like you know Ty what? Sheridan. I think it's, I he's, think he's got a I weird think, face, or like yeah. Dane DeHaan. Those oh three my act, God. I just don't like their faces. I don't they like have inter- them. They have interesting know. faces. I don't think Ty Sheridan has the face for Superman. That is who plays Superman, right? On CW. I don't know. I don't follow his career. He was Ready Player One, and he was Cyclops. In oh, the new no, I got it. I got it completely wrong then. Um, but anyway. Uh, yeah, well, I think Jonah Hill would agree with you because he um, on on set he would call uh, <laughs> he would call Meryl Streep the goat. <laughs> now, uh, funny yeah, thing about the double that, greatest of all time, but also it, kind of a goat face. Well, well, that, well that's the thing. Uh, Meryl Streep, she kept talking to her assistant. She's like, "This Jonah guy's gotten really like comfortable with me. He's been calling me goat all week." I I don't know what's up with that. (laughs) Jennifer Lawrence had to clear it up with her. (laughs) That is greatest of all time. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's so funny. It's so funny. Yeah, so I can't explain it. Like, death becomes her. Nah, man, I don't like your face. Or, 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 uh stuck on you like i feel like that's the the ending where she's so she's playing meryl streep playing meryl streep and that's how i feel about her all the time well this is how i feel about meryl this is how i feel about meryl streep uh let's put a ring on it all right let's do it let's do it let's put a ring on it (laughs) now i love i love i love meryl streep i think she looks like she comes from like an old painting. I'm just willing to accept that my feeling is irrational. I know it's irrational. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I sound like a crazy person. I mean, I love I love Meryl Streep. Me being an actor myself, like, I mean, she's just fantastic. I mean, like freaking Sophie's Choice. Oh my God. Like she's just she's just amazing. Like she's always been amazing. And there's no question why she's gotten so many nominations. I don't really have a problem with her face like you do. <laughs> but I, well, I I definitely have some faces that have irked me before. Yeah, I can't really think of them right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. You can have character. You can have, like, a face. Like, Willem Dafoe, man, that guy's got a fucking mug. I love that face, you know? Mm-hmm. Or, like, uh, Javier Bardem, you know? I love that face. But something <laughs> I love about, that face. <laughs> I do, I do. Uh, uh Clarence Williams the third, love his fucking face, mm-hmm. but but there's just something about Meryl Streep. But look, she looks great as the idiotic, apathetic president. Um, <laughs> Is that a backwards compliment? <laughs> I, I didn't mean it when I said it like that. Like, but yeah, she's great she as that like, like troll slob. <laughs> 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 no, but what I mean is she looks like exactly what the person who would get elected. You know what I mean? She's she's got a mm-hmm. Sarah Palin-y niche to her mm-hmm. when she's doing the role 
that I think plays in regards to her face. Because mm -hmm. look, I'm not supposed to like her. Clearly from the trailer, I'm not supposed to like her and I already don't like her face. So we're winning. So that's fine. <laughs> I don't want to dwell on her face. It's completely irrational. She's a legend. I'm sorry. Moving on. So <laughs> this movie though, this movie is more of what I don't want in entertainment. It's too real. It's too fucking real. And that's why I'm watching horror movies. That's why I'm watching fantasy and comic book bullshit. Like, this is entertainment for me. I'm a notorious doom scroller. When I got nothing to do, God, do I doom scroll. And I read everything that's terrible that's happening. And I don't need that in my entertainment, I don't think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I, I thought it was great. I've always been an Adam McKay fan. And I I just love how, like the shift these movies have been going on for the past uh this past decade, just making just really smart stuff, you know, uh versus sure, like sure. the R Ricky Bobby stuff of old, <laughs> you know, Talladega Nights. Oh, that movie um, is so brilliant. But uh, this this movie goes hand in hand with like Idiocracy. Uh, just, yeah, just, that one gets harder to watch every year. Yeah, um, but this one has like a doomsday uh, section as part of it, and it just it just rings so true, and it just it just what's you know I I don't blame you for not wanting to watch it. You know, I honestly, stay away from stuff that I know is going to be hard too. Sometimes, um, that's why I haven't watched King Richard yet, <laughs> because like <laughs> not not having like a a father figure in my life, I I knew I was just going to be crying the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, right on. You know. Um, oh yeah. I just, I just like, I'm not ready for that. <laughs> be crying yeah, my, yeah, yeah. my ass off seeing him being a father to these beautiful black. Oh my god, I'm gonna start crying now. Oh god. <laughs> anyway. Oh, okay. Yeah. No. And I think for me, also, you know, look. If I want to watch an Adam McKay movie where the system is awful, everybody is corrupt and everything's terrible, you just just watch the campaign. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like he nailed this over 10 years ago that like in order for anybody to garner any sort of attention, you have to be insane. Yeah. And that reminds me of something that that uh John Stewart once said which is during the election cycle when everybody's getting on Bernie Sanders where they're like, oh, is he just, is he electable? He's like, he's a crazy old coot. He looks insane. He looks insane. And John Stewart came out and he said, it's horrible that we live in a political environment where every candidate has to be so coiffed and trimmed and prepared and smooth and polished that earnesty comes off as insanity. Mm -hmm. and, but, and that's what this movie is telling us is that we are in that fucking time that if it isn't some tattooed SoundCloud rapper telling us about it, we're not going to fucking listen. You know, that, that we know more about those guys than we know about the shit that is going to fucking end us. And that we just, we are an entire society playing the part of Nero. Everybody's got their fiddles out and Rome is gonna fucking burn. And I think we all 
who have a good grasp on what's happening out there see that this is inevitable without change. And I don't want that in a goddamn movie. That's not entertaining to me. That's depressing. Yeah, I mean, uh, the movie still, in spite of itself, is still very entertaining. I mean, you got it. Oh, look at that, that cast. Brilliant. That cast is fantastic. You know, um, oh, Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence. Leonardo's always great, but I feel like he's miscast. I think Jason Bateman would have been better in that role, honestly. Hmm. Uh, Leonardo, he's he's always great, but uh, to you know, to round out like a cast that's this comedic. I think that's that's the sort of person you needed to be at the lead, maybe for that. Yeah, yeah. So that's what it comes down to. It is just is very biting. Like the satire is very biting, and it really it really shows up. It's it's funny because he wrote this before even the pandemic happened. <laughs> it's like basically Corona, oh, climate, fuck yeah, and yep, yep. and COVID. Well, no, 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 fuck. no, no. Comet that COVID. Comet. And, and climate. climate, like it's, it's it's basically what this the what what you could supplant with this comet being the doomsday yep, yep. cycle throughout this whole thing. Right, it's an impending, irreversible catastrophe, and it's yeah. on its way, whatever it happens to be. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh, and that's it. And I just, it's. It's the same reason that I stopped watching The Walking Dead when I did. Because I stopped watching mm-hmm. The Walking Dead in 2016 um, because things got real bad politically around then. And I just thought, like, oh, my God, I'm watching the good guys lose over and over and over again in real life. I, I just can't watch that in my television. And that's when they were in, like, the catatonic Rick stage of the show I remember. where he just like is shaking and just staring off all the time i just i stopped i stopped watching it because it just wasn't as good as a comic i just wanted somebody to get a win like we're not getting a win in real life and i just can't watch a show where you can't fucking buy a win i want to watch the good guys win sometimes and that was like something like the boys really skirted the edge for that because that had a real biting satire about what's going on now and the way that sort of thing happened and season two was even more vicious than season one and i was still it was there was enough fantasy in it for me to separate a little bit and watch it but something like this just feels like oh my god you're so right and i just don't want to be reminded but i've heard I mean, it's unbelievably well-reviewed, unbelievably well-scored on all the different metrics that you could possibly have. Mm-hmm. So I think he hits it out of the... I mean, we love Adam McKay. Step Brothers is a masterpiece, an absolute masterpiece. Um, you know, uh, Anchorman is, was a cultural touchstone. So this guy is unbelievably great. And, mm-hmm. you know, when things are looking up a little bit, maybe I'll go back and I'll catch it. Yeah, it's a it's a good watch. A lot of great laughs, uh, but it's just yeah, the it it just it's just so telling of our times right now, and just just makes you feel it's just like, too damn close. You know, in our own reality, there's so many ways you could feel powerless to this thing happening, and that's what makes me sad. That is exactly how I feel. I feel powerless to this thing that is happening. Yeah. So I want fantasy and I want escapism, not fucking a reminder of my plight. And so when you want fantasy, when you want high adventure, when you want maybe, maybe the potential for a baby Yoda cameo, please, my girlfriend just prays for this. Please bring him back to us. 
then you want Book of Boba Fett. Ha! Why do you keep saying ha? Oh, that's that's part of the, the, the music theme of Boba, Boba Fett. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize that was what you were doing. I thought you were like maybe doing karate or you were swinging <laughs> your your uh, Tuscan Raider staff in, in solidarity with Boba Fett. <laughs> oh, my God. This show made us love Tuscan Raiders. Mm-hmm. This show made us love Tuscan Raiders. Mm-hmm. Are you out of your mind, John Favreau? Can you do no wrong? Nope. Shit, this thing is fun. So, uh, spoilers. We're going to spoil some stuff, right? I think we're going to spoil a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it, if you can't even spoil too much, because we're building. Right now, we're building. And uh, I only half joke about wanting to see a little bit of Baby Yoda, because that that's my girlfriend's question. She likes this stuff just fine, but she's just like, I, I want more Baby Yoda, and this is the network that's supposed to be giving it to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She speculated this was funny. She asked that I mention this on the show when we were talking about this. She said, she goes, when do you think they go full Gremlins 2 on Baby Yoda? (laughs) Since a literal cloning lab has multiple samples of his blood and tissue, like, when do we get the Gremlins 2 of Baby Yoda, the merchandising explosion? We're like, (laughs) we've got vegetable Baby Yoda and spider Baby Yoda, and it's a girl Baby Yoda. Maybe Baby Yoda is a girl. We don't know Yoda (laughs) genders. But Yaddle, Yoda, what did Grogu, who knows? I don't know how they gendered their names. But... but my but my girlfriend would like to see some more Baby Yoda. So uh, so John Favreau, if you're listening, and I just assume that you are, um, a little more Baby Yoda. But Baby Yoda aside, holy cow, this is really great. And if you're an old school Star Wars fan, they got some deep cuts in this mother. Oh yeah, I mean that's that's the general feel of it because the Mand- Mandalorian felt very new, you know. Uh, yeah, it did you you using Boba Fett and like the actual actor through from the 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 new the new trilogy? Um, mm-hmm. How do you classify it? The the first episodes. <laughs> the how do you how would you classify I would call it? The episode one trilogy. Yeah, the episode one trilogy. There you go. <laughs> you know, like so because he was there. He was back on there, like you know, playing Jango Fett. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean. The continuity is great, and I can't wait till he gets his own Bad Batch show where he plays everybody. (laughs) Yeah, he could just shoot it. That's kind of a tall order. I think it's I think it's great being animated, but they're talking about it, or at least having him cameo in some of the recent live action stuff as some of those characters. Yeah, something like that, probably. We'll definitely see that first before we see an actual show. But but right now he got a show. He got his own show and he is Boba Fett and they are closing all of the plot holes. They're like, we're telling you how it happened. You wanted to, how the hell did Boba Fett get out of the stomach of a Sarlacc? How'd he get out? How'd he do it? They're like, we're going to show you. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm thinking about the timeline issue though with the Bad Batch because I, I feel like the Bad Batch stuff was a good about 20 years before this stuff happened. And the, the new Boba Fett. Come on, man. We got deep fake all day long. It'll be all, right. <laughs> all day long. If we could take a mustache off of Henry Cavill's lip, we could do anything. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, what 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 um state would the Bad Batch be in? If that, I mean, are they even in the same 
you know, I don't know. Well, I don't know. They were just saying they were kicking it around. And if asked if he'd be interested, he said yes. Okay. I mean, maybe they put it 20 years in the future from where the show is now. Mm-hmm. It was just speculation. But yeah, but certainly he, he of course, if they ask him, are you going to be open to playing? Yes. The answer is yes, of course. But nothing's committed, nothing's scheduled, nothing's any more than just speculation. This just show this show just feels so much like the old Star Wars with like when you seeing the, the huts. Oh god, it does. Seeing the huts. Why do the huts always look bad though? You know, like the remastered uh uh Star Wars with the job of the hut scene that was added using the wonky CGI, and now like even now, like they just they look a little cutsceney. I think they're fun. They're great characters. Mm-hmm. The whole thing works. The story works. Everything works. But they're just, they're like the tiniest little bit separated mm-hmm. from their surrounding. It's better than it was in Lucas's remake of Star Wars, but they're still not 100% living in the world. I would rather see two big rubber suits, but I understand why they don't do it. Yeah. I, I know you like Trejo's appearance. Oh, my God. Episode three, they gave us Danny Trejo and the return of the Rancor. The baby baby Rancor. <laughs> it's a baby Rancor. And I was so... In episode two, they throw the guy into the Rancor pit, and they're like, we're getting the Rancor. It's like, oh, they got a new Rancor. We're going to see a Rancor again. And then they fake him out. And I was like, and I looked at Rachel's like, fans going to be pissed that they didn't get their Rancor. Mm-hmm. When you do a scene like that, you promise a Rancor, and then you give nothing... Fans are going to be annoyed. And then the very next episode, I looked, I was like, fuck, they faked us out. They gave us the Rancor. Yeah. And the deepest cut when he looks and he says, I've ridden Beast 10 times this size. Which, of course, is what, Arthur? What is that a reference to? Please tell me you know. Oh, I don't. You don't know. It's it's a reference to the Star Wars Christmas special where we first meet Boba Fett in the animated feature where he's riding a literal fucking dinosaur. Oh, I I didn't watch a Christmas thing. You've never seen the Star Wars Christmas special, Mm-mm. Life Day, and the the freaking Wookiee family, and the weird 70s musical numbers. You've never, oh my God, oh my God, Arthur, this is a glaring gap in your pop culture bona fides. Look, I, I grew up with people that didn't love me, bro. I grew up with people that didn't love me, man. <sighs> All of it against me. <laughs> you ain't even see the riff tracks cover of the star wars fucking no, i haven't seen i haven't Go seen your i haven't seen your star wars christmas or your otter you know jukebox playing christmas either you son of a <laughs> bitch you never watched it i sent it to you on google drive <laughs> i literally made a rip of my dvd and sent it to you you never watched it now christmas is over don't you dare watch that movie till next christmas oh you you done fucked up now <sighs> But in any event, <laughs> fuck me. When he says he wants to ride the Rancor, and he looks at the guy, he says, "It'll." Uh, Danny Trejo, who is my heart and soul. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. When he looks over at Danny Trejo, and Dan, he says, "I've ridden Beast ten times this size." It's because the very first time we ever see Boba Fett is in the Star Wars Christmas special, which came out after Star Wars, but before The Empire Strikes Back, which is when we get our first on-screen depiction of Boba Fett. But in this cartoon, we see him, and he is riding a gigantic pink dinosaur. 
so that was like the deepest cut reference when he says they're very difficult to ride. And he's like, I've ridden beast 10 times this size. Like, fuck yeah, you did on that wonky ass Christmas special. <laughs> so I thought that was good, fun, deep cuts. Oh, but, cool. Yo, if you're telling me I'm going to get Danny Trejo in every episode for the rest of this, I fucking love Danny Trejo. I really do. He's just, he's so amazing. He, and he will do literally anything. You can pay him any amount of money. If you look at his IMDb credits, he has like 800 movies because he'll go do bit parts in fucking D-level slashers or he'll go do bit parts in A-level properties mm -hmm. like Book of Boba Fett. I mean, he will literally do anything and he has such a particular look that if you want somebody that looks like Danny Trejo, Danny Trejo is always available. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And so it was so great to see him in this and for them to deliver on a fucking rancor. Story-wise, story I was just, I was wondering whether this was a Trojan horse sort of thing. Um, you know, because, like, that's that was kind of, like, the am ambiguity of the scene. is Because, like, you bring Trey Ho there to be goody-goody or you bring Trey Ho there to cause some trouble with that rancor. No, 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 no. I'm telling you, I'm calling it now. I'm calling my shot. I'm pointing to the bleachers. I'm telling you this. Trey Ho is 100% team Boba Fett from this point forward. Boba Fett rides that fucking rancor before the end of the season. Mm -hmm. I think what's happening makes sense. Tatooine, this section of Tatooine is in flux that you have the three competing districts, Moss Eisley, Moss Isle, and then whatever the third one is. And you have three competing sub-cartels that are going for control of this, plus the corrupted mayor, plus whatever this overarching cartel is that even the huts are like, you know what? This place is a fucking dump. We're leaving. We're not going to sit here and fight to unify three different independent sub-cartels against an invading cartel for this ball of sand. We're fucking out. And hey, we tried to murder you, but we're mobsters. It's a mob. It's a mob show. It is mm -hmm. a mob show on Tatooine and it's mm -hmm. fucking fantastic. So they pay restitution as if to say, yo, don't fucking come for us because this is Boba Fett. And if you try to kill him, you send, you know, black Karak after him to, uh, oh, by the way, another trope of naming a black character, black something, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, that, that if you come for Boba Fett and you miss they, that you better not miss. Cause he's coming, he's going to fire back. So this was their way of squashing that. Mm -hmm. Like, don't fucking come for us where we look, it's all just business. You would have done the same to us. So here's a fucking monster for your monster pit. And you get to raise him and love him as your own. And, mm -hmm. and also the great callback that like, you know, Danny Trejo telling him, you know, these are emotional, sensitive creatures because when Luke, you know, uh, kills the one in uh, Empire Strikes Back, you see the handler, the animal handler, like weeping over the death of his, his beloved pet and his friend. And so I love that they're, they're being consistent with that, that like, Hey, this is not just some monster. This is going to be a companion and an animal that you're going to come to love like you would yeah. any pet. And I think that's fucking great. Oh, yeah. They're humanizing yeah. everything. I really love the train, the the train, um, like, attack on episode two. It was two. a good attack sequence, but I'm so done with train attacks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so X-Men apocalypsed or Dark Phoenixed out on fucking train attacks. Just please. Wolverine 2, 
X Men uh, Dark Phoenix. Yeah, also everybody's uh, on a also, train. Um, uh, the solo solo movie. <laughs> solo the solo movie. That, that, the train that, that had Come a train on. attack. <laughs> I I still like this one though because I, I love that robot uh, conductor jumping off the train. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> find, yep, yep, find, find a new line of work. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I'm out. <laughs> oh, it was so good. It was so good. That this was is, good. It's just that great to really see good. tomorrow. It just it really seems like he's doing so much of his own stunts. You know? Yeah, like yeah. That, that 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 fight that he had with that uh, crazy dark Wookiee. Oh my god, the crap was crazy. Yeah. Black Karak. Yeah, he looks so bad ass, man. And oh yeah, and then he, when they just right out the of the comic books. Of, oh yeah, well he's an established. He I think he was I'm sure he's in the comic book somewhere, but he's canonical. He's canonical and he's basically a mercenary and a bounty hunter like anybody else. And so it was just a job for him. Yo, we're going to pay you to go kill this dude. Boba Fett's like I would have done the same. Sounds good to me. You know, no hard feelings, bub. We didn't kill you. How about that? We're square. And you know what? That's all that that's all that Black Croc could ask for. Mm-hmm. But yes, it's another black character called Black Something, and I, I oh, know yeah. that that ticks all the boxes for you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, it's too funny, the tropes. But this show, and this show makes you care. This show made us care about sand people. <laughs> sand. Sand people. Oh, yeah. Freaking Tuscan Raiders, like, have a rich heritage and culture and religion and and all of that. And, like, holy cow, you make us like and care about Tuscan Raiders. Man, when they, when they come through at the end of episode three and wipe out all the Tuscan Raiders and he's burning their bodies and their respective combat staffs, mm-hmm. and then you have that child's training combat staff that he puts on the pyre. It's like, yeah. holy fuck. Did you just make me feel something like the epitome of just chaos in the Star Wars universe, you know? Yeah. (sighs) Yeah, that's I mean, that's what we have Favreau for, man. Making us care about the weirdest shit. And Filoni. Just like, Mm -hmm. you know, just Mm -hmm. deeply giving just more robust qualities to all of these side characters that we saw for a minute. Characters that always just kind of been... A, a vague menace, you know, just just really rounding out all the edges, man. I love those guys so much, man. Like, Tuscan Raiders were the weirdest pull. They exist to just fire random bullets at pod racers and to take your shit when you're not looking. And, like, they could literally make me care about anything at this point, so. Yeah, I mean, dude, Ahsoka Tano, she's, like, my favorite character from Star Wars. And like I was, I was on that journey with Rosario Dawson for, for, for like the last past five years for her, you know, campaigning for that role. I can't wait till that series comes out, man. Oh my god! Oh, I, that's gonna be good and, stuff. And, and you know, Filoni so created created Ahsoka, and it's just like oh, it was one of the best episodes. Like I was, it made my it made my twenty twenty was that episode of Ahsoka finally. That was an made, amazing episode. Oh my yeah. god. Everything about it, and then bringing her back at the end of the se- at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Oh man, so, so good. <laughs> so they got us. They got us in the palm of their hand for Boba Fett. They're making us care about the craziest shit. I, uh, you know, I care about rancors now. Like they're very sensitive. I care about sand people. You know, like this is wild. So hopefully, in this show, we're gonna get him cleaning up. You know, Moss Isle and him 
finally learning that, you know, look, you can take out the leadership, but now you got to lead. And so if he wants to be the next big crime boss, this is going to be, it's going to be messy. He's the dino. And so, (laughs) and it's going to be more than just declaring yourself as that. But you know, what's funny when they say like, oh, you should have an entourage and you're just walking around without all the pomp and circumstance they're used Mm -hmm. to seeing when he comes riding through the center of town on the back of a fucking rancor. I think that'll do. Yeah, I think that'll do. Oh yeah, great and uh, so good. I I for just on the con side of things, I I didn't like um the 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 new biker gang that he got. I didn't I didn't really like their Power Ranger, uh 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 like bikes that they had, speeders that they had. <laughs> Rachel really had a problem with their overall aesthetic. She was yeah. like, they look like they're from a completely different show. Yeah. Well, the problem is. Everything on Tatooine is tan and brown. Yeah. And they have these super high candy apple bikes. Yeah. That are like, they look fake because they look absolutely immaculately clean in a world where that's impossible. And just them too. They they all. And their overall design aesthetic is. Are are they all influencers that (laughs) found their way on the show or something? (laughs) Well, that's part of it. But Rachel was like, Rachel, Rachel's looking at it and she goes, why is she sleeveless? Like you cannot be sleeveless on this fucking planet, <laughs> you know, like that kind of the impracticality of their clothing, but they are augmented cyberpunks. And so the way I explained it was that this is very definitively and visually counterculture. So part of their culture is to look as, as, strangely different as they possibly can. And so I'm, I'm going to no prize it that way, but I agree that, that both Rachel and I butted up against that pretty hard as well. Now that you mention it. Yeah. I uh, thought that was strange. (laughs) Yeah. We ran into that a little bit too. We ran into that a little bit too, but great show. No. Yeah. Overall. Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm excited to see anything that Filoni and Favreau do like they just, just like how Favreau, like single-handedly handed Marvel like their their <laughs> complete uh decade of uh, dynasty their empire he handed <laughs> them their empire single-handedly just with just with like the tone that he had for Iron Man and picking yep. Robert Downey Jr. Oh yep. my god. Yep. Hey man, these people can do no wrong. You know, he's just doing the same thing doing the same thing for Star Wars, you know? Yeah, I mean, of all the non-Star Wars, Star Wars stuff, this feels the most Star Wars, which is an incredibly esoteric fucking way to put it, but I think we all know what we're talking about. It just feels so right. It just feels so right. Mm -hmm. Now, if people are feeling right and they want to come find you, Arthur, where are they going to find you? You can find me at www.arthurromeo.live. That's my website. You can also find me on my YouTube channel, Draw Really Awesome Wow, which has an Instagram attached to it that has um, Draw Really Awesome Wow underscore. You can also check me out on SoundCloud. And uh, where can the good folks find you? Well, you can find me on Instagram at thomas.olton, spelled O-L-T-O-N, or you can find our Instagram at tales underscore two underscore admonish. And if you would, please go on your favorite app of choice and rate and review us. It helps with our visibility and helps people like you find podcasts like us. And so if you think other people should be listening and you like what you hear, please do us a favor and give us a shout out or reach out to us on social media. Or, you know, give me a call if you've got my number, because probably half of you listening do. And I appreciate it. But if you don't, you can find us right here next time on... (laughs) 
country? Really? <laughs> That's a weird choice. Fuck. <laughs> I gotta keep That's you guessing, bro. Completely off topic for the week. Gotta keep what the you hell guessing. Is that? <laughs> I know you do. I know you do. It's okay. It's okay. It's a weird choice, but there were a lot of weird choices this week. I'm comfy. I'm comfy this week. Thanks for listening, people. I. <laughs>